Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Meantime Podcast for Friday, August 18th, 2023. It's 5 o'clock somewhere, namely Central Time Zone, 5.06 p.m. on a Friday, early evening, late afternoon. Getting closer to the end of summer. Football season is is coming in hot. We got the preseason. Uh, game two for the Vikings tomorrow. Uh, playing uh, the Tennessee Titans at home, so it's getting. Uh, we're getting closer. We're gonna have to schedule our 2023 fantasy football preview show. We'll see if we can get anyone on for that. TBD. There haven't planned that far ahead yet. My name is Quinn, and this is my show. Quinn David Friends presents the Bean Town Podcast. Listener discretion is advised when you are checking out this fine program. Number one, we'll occasionally some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for the great positive responses we got to last week's making of the album behind the scenes, 1889 Quinn's version featuring all new hits that we largely just rattled off live on the air. We opened up with uh, Battered Woman. Excuse me. We then went to Grover. I'm belching because I'm drinking on Lagunitas. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Robusticus flavoricus no, it's maximus. That's what it is. The the Greek themed one, the triumvirate, the olive wreath, a full nine percent. So that's how we're spending the night. Not going out, staying and cooking a little um, chicken teriyaki bowl. You got chicken, homemade teriyaki sauce, white rice, mushrooms, red bell pepper. And broccoli, fresh broccoli. I'm, I'm pumped for it. It's going to be good stuff. That's what we're cooking tonight. Maybe catch a couple episodes of The Shield right in the middle of season four. Uh, Glenn Close, Anthony Anderson, and Michael Pena all guest star that season. Loaded cast back there in 2005 or whatever. Season four would have been for The Shield. Good stuff. Real good stuff. But yeah, uh, last week, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for all the support. We had uh, Battered Woman. We had Grover. We had Bare Knuckle, uh, kind of had that edged go into it. And then we finished up with our bonus track, Au Revoir, which uh, for those of you who were counting at home, yes, we held that note for 31 seconds. I had to go back. I don't listen to all of my shows back or even most of them. I'd say it's probably like once a month I go back and listen to a show. I listened to that one because, well, one, I thought it was a good show. Two, we're going to need to learn those songs a little bit more as we make the album. No progress was made between this recording on Friday and when we recorded the uh, jam session on Sunday, so just five days. It's been a very busy week with uh, orientation for new students at my place of employment. Um, but I went back. I had to go back. I listened to the episode on the train on uh, Monday morning, I think, Tuesday morning. And then I went back and re-round, <coughs> rewound for a second, R-E. W-O-U-N-D, uh, to listen to that held note at the end of uh, Au Revoir, which was our bonus track to commemorate the uh, founding of the Eiffel Tower in 1889, the founding, the uh, opening, completion, any number of words would work there. 31 seconds we, we held that note. It was pretty good. Shifting, uh, shifting tones, too. Intentional shifting. Speaking of intentional shifting, uh, we're, what we're going to be talking about today is relevant to that, including our trivia question. That was, that's, that's how you know this show is good writing, 
prepared well in advance, when you can sort of throw in those phrases that, you know, the casual average listener might not pick up on, but turns out it comes back later, you know, two hours later in the episode like today. It's pretty exciting. Intentional shifting. Keep that phrase in mind. Um, hello to our friends in Pakistan, or I guess, yeah, thank you to Pakistan. Thank you to everyone else who listened. If you haven't caught last week's episode, uh, 1889. All right. That's garage band cutout number one for the day. We're going to try to limit it to one. Uh, but I, I do encourage you. I implore you to go listen to it. Uh, not a super lengthy episode last week. So I think it was, I was pretty proud of it and looking forward to making that album. But yes, hello. And thank you to my friends in Pakistan, Hyderabad, Karachi, Khyber Pass, Kashmir, Wherever you are listening from, thank you for making us the 112th ranked comedy podcast in the Islamic Republic of Pakistan. So what we're talking about today is a little bit uh, random, more random than usual, but I was thinking I, I, I had nothing. You know, last week I went in and I knew exactly what I wanted to do as a concept episode. Today I was riding the bike just about two hours ago, getting a little workout in, watching the Cubs game, watching the Cubs offense just flail around i mean if it weren't for uh christopher morell's just heroics in a three-run <clears throat> walk-off home run on wednesday night against the Sox, cubs offense just been trash going back to sunday against the mets um is that the mets or no the blue jays uh they lost to the blue jays didn't do anything last Sunday. They got embarrassed by the Sox. We went on Tuesday for Rachel's birthday. Shout out to my lover, my fiance, Rachel Ramos, the big 2-8. Happy birthday. We had a good time. They just The Cubs didn't do anything, which stunk. And then Wednesday, they only had, what, one run until the last batter of the game when they hit a three-run bomb. And then today, they only put up three on the Royals and lost again. You are not going to... Uh, be competing with the Braves and the Dodgers, or even the Brewers for that matter, if you cannot beat the White Sox or the Royals at home. Like, it's, it's, baseball is a weird sport, you know? You play 162 games. It's not like, you know, football where if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you're hosting the uh, Kansas City Royals in a game of football then, you know, you might lose. No, let's say the Houston Texans in a game of football at home, then you might lose. And look, I mean, the Chicago Cubs aren't the Houston Texans, but let's just pick a a team, let's say the uh, Green Bay Packers, right? Houston Texans aren't going to go into Green Bay in Lambeau and uh, crash the party, right? So that happens in baseball from time to time. But as you get to this point in the season, late August, when you got, what, 40 games left, something like that, um, there is no more, uh, excuse me, you, there's no more excuses for just bad effort, bad offense, some, some bad managerial decisions here and there. Ross has been good for the most part, but, uh, you just can't lose to the White Sox. You can't lose to the Royals, like, unless just something really goes off the rails, get some bad luck. Uh, it's just, you, you can't, what are you going to be in October and you're going to, you're not going to be hosting any teams as bad as the White Sox or Royals, I'll tell you that much. You're going to have to beat the Dodgers, the Braves, and if you're lucky enough to go all the way, you know, the Astros, for example. Not that that's not that the Cubs are going all the way, but it's just embarrassing, you know. You got the talent, you got the payroll, just not working. So frustrating 
very frustrating couple of days here on the north side. Today's topic is things that have always been a little bit tougher than I think they should be or I thought they would be. This would have been a great episode to crowdsource. I thought about that too late. We only came up with this concept about two hours ago, so I apologize for that. Maybe we'll put something out retroactively uh, on Instagram. You can follow me at q.queen.d. We oftentimes, when we have shows coming up, we'll post a question that relates to the topic we are discussing um, and kind of get some responses. We did get one from uh, Rachel, who um, had a great suggestion for uh, for this today. Uh, I got to think of a, a more snappy way to label this but it's basically things that have always been a little bit of a challenge or a struggle for you which is fun right because everyone's going to have different things so as you uh, listen along today I encourage you to think about your own vices if you will which will be brought to you by today's palindrome of the day that is yo banana boy hey like you know if you're uh, uh, in Orange County and you see Michael Sarah selling some fruit you might say yo banana boy always money in the banana stand and of course uh by our good friends at the samson q2u series uh it's got cream cream clean crisp fresh audio quality from genesis to exodus leviticus numbers deuteronomy the whole pentateuch and more when god speaks he uses samson of course our good friends at uh cuts by q when you need to fresh shoot something snap or your new call the experts at cuts by q and of course our good friends at home pride oregon guys if you're looking into spending you know 2.7 million dollars on a condo in the next year make sure you do all the do all this the, you know the good stuff you your due diligence is what we call it in the industry. It's certainly what my dad would call it. That's right, Steve Furness, owner of Home Pride Oregon LLC, uh, 541-410-0316, or homeprideoregon at gmail.com, or homeprideoregon.com, a myriad number of ways to get in touch with the uh, great people over at Home Pride Oregon. Uh, call the expert, someone safe, certified Home Pride Oregon inspection perfection. Someone out, so if you don't know the apartment very well, which, how would you? I got my window out here. It kind of faces into a courtyard, but that courtyard opens up onto uh, Racine, just about a 16th of a mile south of Addison, which is uh, just a block over from Wrigley Field. And you get these days, game ended, you know, an hour ago, where you get a lot of cars just kind of stuck in traffic, and, man, they just start blasting their tunes. And uh, we got something going on here. It was Lady Gaga about 10 minutes ago, and now it's just some random rave nonsense. But they're they're blasting it, uh, and it's just loud enough to be distracting. So, you know what? If, uh, if this show isn't the 5 out of 5 star standard that you've become accustomed to, I apologize. Speaking of 5 out of 5 stars, hey, if you're listening to this show, whatever platform you're listening on, uh, we don't do YouTube much these days. We stick to the audio files, so uh, SoundCloud, not Stitcher anymore, rest in peace to Stitcher, but SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, um, Google Play, right? Those would probably be like the biggest ones. Wherever you are listening, if you could leave us a positive review, five stars, leave us a little message how you how you discovered the Beantown Podcast. Maybe you are a you know native uh, from Baltimore. Maybe uh, you heard about us and you didn't want to, so you came here for kind of an angry react sort of thing. 
or maybe you searched for uh, you know the Flavor Town podcast with Guy Fieri, and you just your hand slipped. Doesn't matter. You're here now. When you're here, you're family, right, guys? So I do appreciate all the positive reviews, heaping of praises, and et cetera, and things of the like. You can always get in touch with the show as well if you want to come on as a guest, uh, guest host, uh, guest co-host, right? It's not going to be a guest host that replaces me on this baby until I am, like, in the hospital for appendicitis or laryngitis or uh, mononucleosis, that would be tough to podcast with mononucleosis. Or they just take out my trachea in the middle of the night, which sounds kind of spooky. Hopefully that doesn't happen. All right, you can email us, beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that's beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Let's get into it. Let's read a couple here. We'll start with Rachel's, and then uh, we'll go in. We'll keep going, and then we have a trivia question for you. Remember, the key phrase is uh, shifting something intentional shifting that's what it was i will say this remembering and recalling the phrase isn't going to actually help you with the trivia question anyway i suppose i could rewrite it in a certain way to to help you but it's just not okay i don't want to hear you complaining about it a lot of complaints well really we don't get many emails at all being top podcast yahoo.com but i'm certain if we did it would be like three to one complaints versus you know praises it's not a lot of praises in general. Appraisals. Maybe that could be my next career change. I could be an appraisist. An uh, appraisatory. I don't know. Things to consider. So the topic for today, uh, and we're going to keep this pretty short and sweet. I'm, I'm, I'm gassed. It was orientation this week. Um, do, haven't been sleeping great. Kind of weird. Well, last night, okay, quick. Very quick side note, then we're going to get into it, I promise. But we have new upstairs neighbors as of, I don't know, a month ago, three weeks ago, something like that. And uh, I don't know if they got those Dutch wooden shoes, if they're really into river dancing. Last night, the uh, the theme was banging away, but not in like the fun sexual way. Like they were hammering. Stop hammer time, I almost said. But the problem is, like, hey, look, if it's a you know if it's a Friday night and you're blasting your tunes because it's a lot of young people who live here, you're having your house party. If it's a Friday night, it's 11 p.m. Like, I get it. Like, it still sucks. I'd prefer to not obviously hear your stuff coming from your apartment um, in my apartment. But this was a Thursday night, so work night after 11. It was about 11:15. I mean, it started before that. That's just when I tried to start going to bed and just the hammering going on i don't know if they were putting up what must have been at least 42 to 44 tapestries in the room the bedroom directly above us but it was brutal um it was the worst too i had my i had my routine when i get into bed um you know assuming nothing's on tv i will you know whip out my phone i'll do a little facebook a little bit of twitter a lot of reddit um and then i usually play one or two games of cribbage and that kind of uh, gently lulls me to sleep. My eyes start to get real heavy, real tired. Got to close them, shut down, and then from there I'm usually out. And, like, it's kind of – it's always hard to know exactly, right? But I'm thinking, like, five to ten minutes at most. Well, the problem last night was uh, I was doing all this while the banging's going on. I'm thinking, hey, it's 1130. 
how many, you know, how, at, at a certain point, it's like, how many more paintings can you hang up? I don't know if they were just big, like, Tim the Toolman Taylor impressionist or something. I don't know if that's a full-time job these days or what was going on. But I kind of did my, you know, I was just banking on the fact that it was going to stop, right? Like, it has to stop at, a, at some point. And it did. Eventually, I don't know when, but uh, I went through my cycle and then the banging was so loud. I, my heart... What actually happened, which was the worst, my heart rate got really high because I was thinking, like, at what point do I, they could be listening to this right now. I'm not speaking very loudly, but I got the windows open. Who knows? Uh, at what point, you know, Rachel was really upset. I was upset, obviously. At what point are you just like, okay, it's 1130. You're just banging the hell out of something upstairs. I don't know. At what point do I throw on a shirt, throw on a pair of shorts and, like, go up there and and knock and try to be like friendly, but also stern S D E R N at the same time. Um, you know, I definitely like would have been, um, in the right. This, there's a, there's a nice justified in doing that, but I really didn't want to, right. You're lying down super long work week, had a split a bottle of wine. I was just like comatose. Um, and you don't, you know, it's a, it's a risk, right? You could have crazies living above you, right? What if someone is like legitimately crazy or like violent or, you know, it's like you just don't want to <clears throat> run that risk unless you absolutely have to. And so I never did, but my heart rate was going so high because I kept thinking like, okay, in another 30 seconds, I'm going to go. Another 30 seconds, I'm going to go. And obviously I never did, but um, it was just at that point, it was really, uh, really losing my marbles. To cap this off, though, I had to go back through my cycle, go back, hit up uh, some Reddit posts play a couple more games of cribbage and then it was about 12:30 I think when I finally um stopped really uh recalling what was happening and then I woke up at like I don't know 6:15 or so and just couldn't go back to sleep so it's uh hoping hoping we don't have a repeat of that tonight the topic of today's show that we're finally getting to in the last like five to ten minutes of the podcast, because I don't have that many written down. I could have I could have spent more time thinking about more, but we want to hear your opinions as well, your stories, being Tom Podcast at Yahoo.com, or you can tweet at us. I am at Q.QueenD. The show is at BeantownCast. The topic is things that have always been tough for you, things you can never really figure out as well as other people, things that seem like they kind of come easy for a lot of people and just not for you. Okay, so that's what we're talking about here. Rachel's uh, entry into this was a great one. Spelling the word definitely. Now, the good news, this show is all about education and spelling, very important to us. Uh, so to spell definitely, you, you have uh, D-E-F-I-N-I-T-E-L-Y, definitely. I will say, though, this is super common. I even see it in, like, law school students' personal applications where it's uh, D-E-F-I-A-N-T-L-Y, right, defiantly. They mean slightly different things. Speaking of misspellings, uh, I, had a, I had a prospective student text me. They had my number because I called them about the wait list. And they texted me after I left a message because I asked for them to get back to me one way or another about their interest, whatever. And they texted me back. They're like, hello, Chris, C-H-R-I-S, still interested. I feel like we've come far enough with the voicemail technology and, and you know, phone-to-phone contact here and with voicemails, and they'll oftentimes give you a you know, transcript of the voicemail. 
does Quinn really sound like Chris that much? I feel like there's got, there's got to be two common names, or Quinn's not super common, but two first names that are not the same that you could definitely get mixed up, right? I mean, this is not really the example. This is not really what I was trying to say with that, but like, oftentimes they'll say, hello, this is Quinn, and oftentimes, um, you know, on the phone or something, people will be like, oh, Clint, or Quentin, Quentin, Q-U-I-N-T-O-N, or Q-U-E-N-T-I-N. I, I see that. That makes more sense to me. Clint or Quentin, Quinn, right? It, it makes sense. But Quinn and Chris, like that one doesn't really uh, make sense to me. I don't know. What are some other ones that like could be mixed up or other ones that should not be mixed up, but maybe someone would like Stuart and Bartholomew, right? Uh, maybe I just start giving out biblical names when I answer the phone. Hello. This is Bartholomew speaking. How can I help you? Hello, this is Doubting Thomas. Hello, this is Ham. H-A-M. Hello, this is Abednego. What if you had uh, three dogs and you named them Meshach, Radio Shack, and Abednego? No, what is it? Uh, Rack, Rack, Meshach, and Abednego? It's something like that, right? Meshach. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There we go. And then you got the whole VeggieTales version. It's like Bob, Larry, and Benny or something. Then there was that uh, that kind of foxy little carrot. What was her name? Christy or something. She's flying those. Uh, you guys remember this? The uh, Dan- Daniel in the lion's den. King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, that's not even Daniel in the lion's den, but it's like the same empire, right? Byzantine empire. Daniel in the lion's den is when he goes in the lion's den and they don't eat him. This story, the chocolate bunny, Veggie Tales, when the three uh, dudes, the three Jewish guys, go into the fiery furnace and uh, they don't get burned and the, the uh, assistant to Nebuchadnezzar looks in and he's like, no, there's four guys in there now because apparently... It, God is in there too, and they pull them out, and they're not even, not even crispy even. No, now they're playing uh, Viva La Vida by Coldplay out there. Um, here's a throwback. I listened to the song Square One by Coldplay, the t- uh, opening track off of the third album, X and Y. Sometimes you just wake up and you got something stuck in your head. I can't explain it. But yeah, uh, in this VeggieTales uh, adaptation, adaption, adaptation, uh, they got uh, that that big cucumber or that zucchini with all the warts, Mister Something. Always plays the bad guys. He's he's being Nebuchadnezzar, and then they got that hot little carrot number, Blondie. She's driving the the freaking cloud car from Bespin, uh, Empire Strikes Back. What a reference! So pretty cool. Uh, here are some things uh, that I could never figure out very well. Uh, first one is well documented riding a bike. I'll say this gone through different phases so when i first le- like learned as a kid i don't really recall but i don't think it went super well but it wasn't like oh yeah i tried it a couple times gave up just can't do it i think i just never really like applied it and so i just got rusty and then i went through a brief phase in college and i don't you know we had bikes around the house growing up but i don't really recall especially as i got older into like high school and stuff 
I don't really recall like having a bike that was mine. It's not really an excuse per se. I just don't really recall that being a thing. Um, and then just, hey, frankly, you grew up in uh, suburban America. It's uh, and especially a place like Rockford, not the not a very bike friendly place. We still knew people who biked occasionally, but um, and I think you know older brothers probably did more than I do, but or than I did, but it just wasn't really a thing for me. Uh, I didn't, you know, it wasn't like I was going to use my bike to go somewhere. Um, and I knew I just like when I would like to go out and explore, I, I like to go on foot so I could bring my dog with me. Uh, but then there was a brief stint in college. I think it was uh, my last year of college where we had a bunch of bikes um, in the place where I was an RA. And there were just so many that were old. They'd been there for five years, whatever. So eventually I just took one and tried to learn how to ride and invested a little bit of time in it. And it wasn't like, oh, yeah, I can't do it. But it was also like I'm not great at it just because I haven't tried in 10 years or whatever. And then I took that bike with me to my next apartment in grad school, and I think I gave it to a friend of the podcast, Sean Young, who's been on once before back in uh, probably year one. But um, that's sort of the last when what, I was 21 years old, seven years ago. That was kind of my last attempt at it. I don't even know if I've, like, been on a bike since then. So, yes, the old joke, the old adage is that I can't ride a bike, and I've sort of played that up for laughs occasionally here and there but I don't think it's necessarily like no one ever tried to teach me obviously my dad did um or like no I'm just an epic failure I can't do it I just caught a fly midair how did that thing get in here not like a house fly a tiny little gnat got it with my with my the palm of my hand I felt like I was Liam Neeson in uh Batman Be- Batman Begins or something I don't necessarily know that Liam Neeson Raz Agul catches a a fly in his hand and Batman begins. It just seems like something he would do on that cool mountaintop, right? That's, that's kind of the energy I was channeling regardless, irregardless, number one horse name. Lots of show throwbacks here. Now they're listening to Elton John, Goodbye Yellowbrook Road. We have been all over the place on this. Uh, I don't even know where the noise is coming from, somewhere in the alley. Hey, I'm not I'm not complaining about their recent tastes. Coldplay, Elton John, keep it coming, right? Maybe just turn it down as we try to finish off this show. Uh, but no, riding a bike is not my area of expertise, and I think the problem right now is just living in such a living in a place where cars do not really respect bikers, um, and there are multiple bike deaths every year here in the city. I don't necessarily feel compelled currently to be like, oh yeah, today's the day where I'm going to start biking. Um, other things, flying a kite. Now I'll say this. I don't think this is necessarily a slight on me or anyone, you know, probably like my dad or brothers, whoever like tried to fly a kite with me. And I don't think we did it very often as a kid, but I just remember no matter what, like it just never worked. You always see like kids in cartoons or you read the kite runner, right? When you're like four years old and it's uh, a little bit too adult for you. And it's like, oh, they're flying a kite. They're having a great time. And I just, we never had a ton of kites, but we certainly had, uh, you know, a handful here and there. And look, I, it just never worked. It's one of those things where just thinking about it, sitting here in my little podcasting corner, it should be super easy, right? Find a windy day, run into the wind, hold your kite up and just let it, let it loose. 
then you got to handle the spool. But uh, I, it's one of, one of those things I think I could do given the right conditions in 2023, but I don't think I've ever actually like, successfully flown a kite. That's probably uh, the you know biggest black mark, black spot on my career so far. Uh, I have three more for you. Perfect pancakes. Brother of the podcast, Jack Furness, will appreciate this one. He's eaten a lot of my very average, thick burger-ish pancakes. Um, he even had one summer where we slept in the basement for, like, most of the summer in sleeping bags. Not even on, like, an air mattress or on the couch, but, like, sleeping bags on the floor. Unique decision. Played a lot of Pokemon. Watched a lot of... Uh, this will age us, you know, Beverly Hillbillies, because that show was big when we were kids. Uh, and then wake up and, like, make pancakes. I think those we must have been, like, 9 and 11 or something before detasseling started. Um, it was just strange. But I made a lot of pancakes that were just super thick. To this day, I don't feel like I have a perfect recipe. I feel like I trust my dad uh, to make excellent pancakes from scratch. i got to get a secret one of these days. It might be loading up on the baking powder, but uh, I don't know. I feel like I, I've you know probably made pancakes 200 times in my life and uh, just don't feel like I've ever gotten it perfect, you know? When I was a kid, I was always worried about, um, and this was a legit concern because it would happen frequently, undercooking them, probably from the heat being too high, and then you bite in and you got, you know, nice little uh, pancake mix uh, a little soggy in the interior interior sogginess never a good thing and now as an adult I don't feel like when I make I don't make pancakes from scratch that often but half the time I try to make pancakes they turn into crepes and half the time I make crepes they turn into pancakes no one's really complaining when you get a crepe instead of a pancake right it's just you feel a little silly when you tried to make a pancake those damn French are so influential uh, penultimate thing here, AP physics story problems. And like I could apply this to AP calculus story problems too, but man, I just remember my senior year of high school taking AP calculus and it just never, never clicked for me. I still contend to this day that getting a three on that AP physics exam, as lame as that sounds, just saying it on a scale of one to five, that was an act of God because... I consider myself to be a pretty bright person, instinctual, learns a lot of those things, and just good at school, not necessarily like, oh, you're you're brilliant in all topics, but just like knows how to get like good grades, good test scores, all that stuff. Because a lot of high school and you know younger education is just like a game if you can figure it out. I think I was really good at playing the game. AP physics never never caught on. I think uh I knew F equals MA, and if you told me what the mass and what the acceleration was, I could I could do a, some calculations and give you the force. But that was about the extent of my physics knowledge. I would feel pretty good with just some raw data in front of me because it's a lot of just like understanding equations, um, knowing what your you know SI units are, et cetera. Um, and it, it, the AP physics I took was, you know, it's not um, C, so it doesn't use calculus or whatever it is. I was just algebra two, basically, and a little bit of trig geometry. Um, but yeah, once you threw in the story problem aspect, I just froze. And I, I don't think that's uncommon. I think a lot of people, students, uh, are that same way. 
but it was always like, yeah, after it finishes, I see the correct answer. I see how the, um, you know, this proper noun is, is this SI unit and this is, you know, whatever, like how it all fits together. It'd always be like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. I got this next time. And then you throw a different story in front of me on the AP test or whatever. And I would just be like, nope, got nothing. I don't remember. I think it was, I don't know if it was physics or calculus. The only AP test I ever took in my life, but you know, the way AP tests are, you have uh, two sections. You have like your raw numbers basically, and then your story problems. Excuse me. And one of those tests, I'm guessing it was physics because, hey, we got to, I think half of the story problems on the AP physics exam were topics that we never covered in class because we just like ran out of time. Uh, just that, that great Rockford Christian education at work for you. And so I spent uh, probably a solid 20 minutes just drawing pictures on my calculator. I drew uh, Chris Bosch, right? Miami Heat, their big three. It was a big deal when I was in high school. And uh, yeah, just uh, somehow got a three, which is, look, that's not impressive for pretty much anyone. But considering there were multiple questions that we hadn't even been taught how to approach them, I feel pretty good about that and very lucky as well. Speaking of Rockford Christian, this year is my, uh, or this past spring was my 10-year high school uh, reunion. Uh, not reunion. The reunion is, is still happening this fall. Uh, it was the anniversary, my, my 10-year anniversary of me graduating high school. <laughs> I don't remember. Someone on Facebook, I think, that I'm still connected to, had like commented on some post, someone else's post, that had to do with the 10-year anniversary, which is like next week or something. And so I found it was like an online invitation, like the way you would RSVP for a wedding or something. But you could see all the people that were invited. <laughs> and so I go in there and, uh, yeah, check the list, scan in the list. You know, it's only 70 people in my graduating class. is not going to be that big. No, I wasn't there. Same reason I, uh, or same uh, way I wasn't invited to my five-year anniversary. Here's the thing. Was I going to go to either? Absolutely not. High school was hell and really despised uh, people I went to high school with. Like just some of my least favorite people I've ever met in my 28 years. I still uh, went into the page zone RSVP no for uh, Quinster because I didn't have an invite, but I wanted to let them know I'm not going to be able to make it. So it wasn't even something cool. It's like in Rockford, in Love's Park, which I get, whatever. But it's like someone from the class's friend is playing in like a shitty garage band at like a Cliff Breakers kind of restaurant or something. So they wanted to go there. So cash bar, you know, not even open bar. So no, I will not be there. Our final question or our final thing that uh, I can never figure out very well uh, beyond high school, just kind of broadly, stick shift, right? Manual transmission. My dad, he tried uh, a couple occasions, took me out with his uh, Honda Accord, tried to make it work, never did. That was really where my anxiety really shone. Um, you know, I think for the most part, I have my anxiety under control. It doesn't really creep up uh, these days uh, the way it did when I was in high school or college. But um, yeah, driving a stick shift, it just never happened for me. It's very nerve-wracking, right? If you just want to throw me in a parking lot where there's nobody around and practice the stick shift, okay, I'm not going to be great at it, but, like, I got the concepts. You throw me into traffic, especially I remember one time, 
at the intersection of uh, Charles and I don't even remember what that is, the street that connects Charles and East State uh, as if you were driving home from Temple Baptist, which is not called that anymore. It's uh, called something else, I don't know. Um, but it's a big hill as you're going up to turn east onto Charles to go back towards home. Now I want to look up this street, see what it was called. It wasn't like a super uh, well-known street or anything like that. Or was it Charles and, uh, it wasn't Charles and East State. It was, uh, first we got to find Temple Baptist. This is going to be great for the non, oh yeah, it was Charles and East State. Great for the non-Rockford uh, audience here. Um, it was a Fairview, that's right. Big Hill, oh, I guess it's Park, Peter. This is very confusing. We can edit this out. It's Fairview when it intersects East State, right? That's right where um, State Street Station used to be, the Popeyes. And then it's uh, Fairview. You go past that school, so we're going south. Then at a certain point, it turns into Peter Avenue. And then at Charles Street, it turns into 31st. So in the span of about 600 feet, it has three names there. That's awfully confusing. But, yeah, I just uh, I never really got it to a point where I felt comfortable with it. Probably just because I like again, you practice with it here and there, but you're never less, I was never just like out in Dad's car, nor would I have felt comfortable doing that. And then I, you know, haven't touched a stick shift since I was probably 17 years old. And uh, I don't know if I ever will again. So there you go. Those are some things that I never really quite figured out. Things that other people seem to pick up that I just never quite got. So if you have yours, email us, beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. We would love to hear about it. We're going to close it with our Beantown Podcast trivia question of the week. So most of us know, uh, you know, we just drive automatic transmissions now, but manual transmission, obviously the OG. So here we go. I was doing a little bit of research on uh, sort of that shift from uh, uh, manual to automatic, uh, shifting, whatever we, whatever that phrase was earlier, intentional shifting. So here we go. So here is your trivia question of the week. I guess we can throw in some parts here. I tried to highlight the most important things. I don't have a written out question here. I'm on the Wikipedia article. Okay, so this is, uh, I'll just give you the context. The f- what we're asking about is the first ever automatic transition. It was dubbed the Hydramatic Drive. H-Y-D-R-A-M-A-T-I-C, Hydramatic, and then Drive. It went into production in May 1939, for the 1940 model year, and I'm want I'm wanting to know who was the maker of these cars. Okay, if you want an additional clue, the cars they went into were the Series 60 and the Series 70, 1939 and 1940. So you tell me, is it you know, is it your Ferraris, your Lamborghinis? your Chryslers, your Cadillacs, who could it be? If you want any more time, you can go ahead and pause the answer here. Oldsmobile, Oldsmobile Series 60 and Series 70, the first cars uh, from General Motors uh, behind the scenes to use the hydromatic drive, the first ever automatic transition in the U.S. And then for fun, a little extra bonus action, you can take a guess. How much, if you wanted to buy an Oldsmobile Series 60, 
with the automatic transmission installed in it, how much extra was that in dollars at the time? Okay. The answer, and again, this is in 1940, $57. And if you want to do a, if you're curious what the conversion rate on that is for 2022 dollars last year, $1,191. Okay. There you go. And it rose to $100 from 57 for 1941. So it was a steep increase, an extra 43 bucks in U.S. dollars. That would be about $800. So there you go. There's your Beantown Podcast trivia question of the week. If anyone ever asks you what make uh, what maker had the first ever automatic transition trans, transmission, you could say GM, but more specifically, you could say Oldsmobile Series 60, Series 70, and it cost you only $57. At the time, only $57 is a pretty penny. So there you go. There is today's Beantown podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Uh, We will be behind the scenes uh, more working on our 1889 album. Maybe we could have a song about Oldsmobile. I don't know. A little bit too early. Wait till we make our 1939 album, Songs from World War II. Uh, But that's what I got. We're going to have some fantasy football preview stuff coming up shortly here. And uh, another week, summer's almost over, but get out there, enjoy it, everyone. Let's cue up some outro music. I hope you're staying safe, staying sane. Oh, before we do that, uh, quick shout-out to friend of the show, Matthew Fiedler. Bachelor party tomorrow on the water. Going to be a good time. Uh, You know him from our tax specials, uh, so give him some love uh, if you can. Okay, now we can cue up our music. See you tomorrow, Matthew. Hope you're having a good day. Stay safe, stay sane. My name is Quinn. I'll check in on you next time. Bye. Thank you.